Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. Kick this one off for folks who have been waiting for my Somopius or Somopius. Yes, I say it both ways, so that way hopefully I'll ward off anybody correcting my pronunciation of it. Um, I kind of did it through the whole video because I just, I, I've pronounced it both ways. I've heard it pronounced both ways. So we'll just throw it out there both ways. Use whatever pronunciation you prefer. But anyway, finally finished the video up. It was, a, it was a very difficult one to do because it was one that I shot my mouth off last year and said that I'd be putting together and was very excited about and then realized that when I do these videos, I really want to include footage of each of the species that I'm going to be talking about. And in the case of some of my more elusive species, it can be very, very difficult to get any decent footage. I mean, sometimes what will happen is I, I spend a lot of time up in my tarantula room. I'll be sitting there working on something. I'll turn around and see one of them out and about. And then I grab up my phone. I go over, try to get some footage, but it's through the glass. It's shoddy. You can see, like, sometimes this, where I sprayed the water in, you can see the little film on it. just It's not a very good image. And I go to edit the video, and it's like, this looks like garbage. And unfortunately, I'm not into taking my animals out to pose them and do photo shoots with them to get the good footage. For me, the footage is always secondary. I know I kind of burn some people because they're like, why don't you get better footage of them? It's just we get it when we can, which is why I do a lot of rehousing videos and, and record those because it's a great time to get the footage of them. But this one in particular was very difficult because first I realized I didn't have very much for, with my Ecclesiasticus. And then I realized my Armenia, my Somopius Armenia, one of the most reclusive tarantulas I have. I had nothing. I had a couple good shots, pictures of it, and I had a very quick video where I caught it out. I was standing there, and again, it was out walking around. I got some image images through the glass, but they didn't look very good, and I needed more. So I was waiting for that opportunity to get some more footage of them. Well, finally, I caught my Armenia out a couple weeks ago and was able to get the top off the Exoterra without her bolting, and she came out, went on a nice little walk around. I got some good footage of her so we could finish the video. So luckily, I got it done, and... Very happy with it overall. It's it's tough doing those ones where you got to splice everything together because I'm pulling. The, the nice thing is now I have a body of work on YouTube, and it's one of the reasons I love YouTube is I've always got like an archive of the stuff I've done. So if I do say a genus review, it's not just current images of the tarantulas. I can go back and show them all the way through. In some cases, from slings to when they are rehoused as juveniles, when they are rehoused into their adult enclosures. So I can go back and draw off of that. And in this one, one of the things I did was I know that a lot of folks with the Somopia species, Somopia species, whatever you prefer, they the rehousings are where they become tricky. A lot of people sweat the rehousings. They have a difficult time with them. These guys are notorious for being very fast and being they potentially defensive. So I did a little montage at the end of the video showing some actual rehousing clips from my own Somopia species. So we got like, I think five different species I showed some clips. I had 13 or 14 videos to work from, but I pulled some good ones to show some pointers. So I enjoy, that's one of the great things about having the YouTube channel for me is that when I start to, you know, I've got a body of work that when I go to do one of these videos, I can pull back on that stuff and say, look, this is here. It was in 2015 here. It was in 2017 and kind of give people a better idea of the growth rate and you know, how the transfers went and what we did. So proud of the video overall. It's up now for those who I know I already covered it in the podcast, but I know some folks kind of wanted to see the actual video version. So that is up and live and ready to go. And hopefully some of you will check it out and enjoy it. And hopefully it'll be informative because that's the big thing with me is, and that's the other thing that drives me nuts with the videos is trying to, I, I hate to say pack in because it's like I'm stuffing it like unnecessarily. But for me, it's trying to anticipate any question somebody might have and answer it at some point in that video. And so I love when people go, I've, I've listened to this. I've set mine up. They work great. And, you know, mine are doing great. And thank you for this because it means that the effort's worth it. Because sometimes I'm sitting there editing the video and I'm putting my little notes in and I, I go to do, you know, another edit and I'm like, wait a minute, I should probably mention this. And I have to find a good spot to put that note in because I sometimes don't remember to say everything when I'm actually doing the rehousing. So 
Video's done. It's up. Uh, it's, uh, getting some good feedback for it. It's awesome. And uh, please feel free to you know let me know if you checked out, if you liked it or not. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do some more genus reviews in the future. It's tough. It's just got to be. I usually pick them for spiders that I have kept at least four species of it. So it, it's limited, but there are certain ones I'm collecting. Some opiates is one I've been collecting over the course of the year, so I wanted to do that. I'd love to do an Afonopelma one coming up. The problem is the majority of my Afonopelma are still slings. I kind of did one a while back, I think, where I just showed some of them off, but I haven't done a full uh, genus review, and that's because they're so tiny. <laughs> they're still little brown slings. My moray just molted the other day after being in pre-molt. I checked it out. It hadn't eaten in about seven months, I think it was. I don't. I meant to write the notes down for it, but uh, it had been quite a while. Finally molted today. It had been quite a while since its last molt, and it looked like it put on maybe a millimeter of size overall. So, again, that one might be not for coming very soon because I do want to have something I can show off as far as adult colorations. I do have my Simani. I have my Annex. I have the Fonapelma Calcotas. Those are adult specimens or sub-adult specimens. They have the color, so I could start with those, but then it'd be looking at a lot of little brown slings. So we'll see how it goes, and hopefully we'll do something with that in the future. All right, so now for the main topic today. Whew, I really, I, I wavered back and forth on covering this, but I have to. I, I feel like I, I have a, an obligation to address it. I've been trying to figure out how to address it. My first reaction was to come out and just call the people responsible right out and go, but we're going to try to be tactful with it as usual. I'm going to try to avoid mentioning any names or anything, partly because I don't want to draw any more attention or any possible business their way, but it was like the Billy and I were sitting down and I got a message from a friend of mine, somebody I've known in the hobby for a while, have a great deal of respect for a fantastic human being, really riled up. And I'm trying to figure out how to lead into this because there's stuff that people aren't going to know about. So we'll probably do a little tutorial ahead of time. But basically, she was informing me that a vendor was selling Pisolotheria species, including ones that are on the banned list, the Sri Lankan ones, as hobby form. And the reasoning for this, I'm assuming, is because right now, and, and just to explain the background to this, a couple of years ago, I think it might have been 2018, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife came out with a report. They put the Sri Lankan species kind of on a banned list in the United States. They basically decided that these guys were, you know, being decimated. Their populations were being decimated. So essentially, P. fasciata, P. ornata, P. smithy, P. subfusca, or, you know, highland or lowland, and P. vitata were all put on a list that essentially meant that you couldn't import them anymore and you could not sell them across state lines. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole semantics of this law. There's, you know, a lot of discussion. It's, it's an archaic law. It's not supposed to apply to this. We should be able to sell them. I'm not getting into any of that. I'm getting into the fact that they've addressed these species. They are prohibited. If you go onto websites and try to order these species and you are not in the same state as the person you are trying to order from, they will tell you, well, a good reputable dealer will tell you, no, I can't ship those out there. I know for a fact many of them are doing it. You Basically, what you can't do is you can't sell these guys across state lines. You can legally keep them. You can legally sell them in your own state. So if I raised, say, a sack of Pionata, I could sell them to people in Connecticut legally. As long as it's inside my own state, that's totally okay. You can sell them out, send them out for breeding loans. That's totally fine. Breeding loan, they, they want people to keep these. They're allowing us to keep them in there. They're not saying you can't breed. So if I want to send my mail to somebody, we can do a little breeding trade. And you can gift them to somebody. But the idea is you can't sell them. You can't be a vendor. You can't sell these guys out. You can't make money off them across state lines. Big deal. And it's been, in, obviously, this has been in effect for a while. I will tell you right before 
this happened or right when the, the announcement came out, they had a deadline for when you'd be able to, when it would take effect. And a lot of us, myself included, went out and purchased as many of these species as we get because this might be our last opportunity. I live in a very small state. There's not a lot of people breeding Pisolotheria. There's not a huge market for it. And it's sad because in, in some instances, it's going to be difficult. Like even if I wanted to breed them myself, where am I going to get the slings to? I mean, obviously there'd be a few people in the state I could sell them to, but I wouldn't be able to get them all. So it's, it's a difficult situation, but it's one we've been navigating over the past several years and one that most people have been abiding by. So essentially what this dealer is doing is they have now labeled all of the species of Pisolotheria that are currently being sold as hobby form. Now an explanation of hobby form and an explanation of what this might mean. Hobby form is in some point, it, it's basically meant to denote that either we're not sure what we have or there could have been some accidental hybridization. So let's take the most, the one that, the only spider I can think of that has been sold with the hobby form label for a while is T. albopolosis. It has been thought for a while that the ones that we have in the hobby, many of them have been accidentally bred with other species of tarantulas, which is why a lot of times you see pictures of T. albopolosis, they look different from one another. It's been theorized that the ones that were sold in the hobby for quite some time might not be Pure bloods or pure, they might have different species in them, but they're not sure. What we have now in the hobby is T. albopolosis. You'll see Nicaraguan, which is the one that I believe they came in around 2011. I could be wrong with the, the year, but they're relatively new, and we know exactly where those are coming from, where the other ones, we're not quite sure where they're coming from. And so is that to say, and I think this is an incredibly important distinction to make, and this is going to be my point of this whole discussion here, is that to say that every T. albopolosis out there that is bought is a hybrid? No, that's ridiculous. We've obviously got pure stock in there. The problem is we're just not sure. There's some, I know I bought one a while back that 90% sure that it was crossbred with a T. Voggins, and that's one that has often been, we've seen some mixtures of those. We're just not sure. So what happened is people started referring to them as hobby form. It just means we're not sure about where they came from. There's other species I want to think of, oh God, Acanthoscuria brocklehursty. There was one that was being sold in the hobby for a while, and come to find out, the one we were selling as brocklehursty was just basically a variant of Janiculata. The true brocklehursty didn't look a thing like it. So for a little while, you saw people selling them as brocklehursty hobby for hobby form, meaning they didn't want to lose that label. It was sold to them as brocklehursty. They were going to keep that label, but there is some doubt as to where it comes from. So those are instances, and they're very few and far between the hobby, where you get one that gets the designation of hobby form, meaning it's what we're calling calling it in the hobby, but it might not be what it really is. Now, to get into the Pisolotheria ban, to tie together what I think is going on here, in the in the Pisolotheria ban report, one of the things that was mentioned in it is they looked at some of the stock in the U.S. pet trade, and I think it was around, you know, reintroducing them into the wild or whatnot, and there was a quote in it, something along the lines, and please, if somebody has, I tried to look it up, and the, the source I had, it was gone, and I thought I had downloaded it, I couldn't find it, but something along the lines, we could never reintroduce the ones we have in the trade into the hobby because there's been too much accidental hybridization, and that's something we've, you know, in, with Pisolotheria species, certain ones, we've known for a while now that there was probably some mixing of the bloodlines. And that, that again, does that mean that all of them 
are mixed. No, you can't make that call. We're not sure. And does that mean you can hunt you, you know, if you hop online and see a picture of one in the wild and yours looks slightly different, that it was necessarily a hybrid? Not necessarily. Are there ones out there? Yes, we know this. We've covered the hybrid. And and again, if anybody wants to know my thoughts on hybrid hybrids, I will put a link to the article I wrote. I will also try to find the podcast I did on it because I am dead set against them. And there's a reason why, because it leads to crap like this. But it, that quote in there, I think opened up somebody's head to go, wait a minute, there may be a loophole here. So essentially what is going on is this individual is now taken upon himself to label all the piece of Letharia species he's selling hobby form. He's, he's made this decision on his own. They're all going to be hobby form, meaning we don't know what we have in the hobby. We're not sure about any of these. So they're all probably hybrids. Now, you may be asking yourself, why would somebody do something like this? Well, because I'm thinking the thought process here is, I noticed I went to the website before, I dropped the pure nada in, there was no mention, the majority of websites that I've seen, and correct me, if, feel free if there's somebody out there who's not doing it, but I, I shop around a lot of them. If they post one of these banned Pesolotheria species up for sale, there is a note saying they cannot sell these across state lines. It's very clearly stated in these. It's It's been like this again since, like I think it was the end of 2018, maybe the beginning of 2019, around there. That's just been the way it's been done. There is no note when you go onto this website telling you that. And when I put them in the cart, put my state as Connecticut, there was nothing saying you can't ship here. So by doing this, I believe the thought process is we're saying these are all hybrids. Therefore, they don't fall under the jurisdiction of U.S. Fish and Wildlife and under this ban because they're not the real species. So therefore, we can sell them across state lines. Wow. This is beyond... like. And again, I want to be... I don't know the person responsible. I've heard things, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm involved enough in the hobby that you hear names mentioned and stuff. And I've, I know somebody that I respect greatly, I believe knows this person and probably would say very good things. And I don't want this to turn into what I hate is when we do one of these things and people come on and go, Oh, but they're such a nice person. That's great. I, I, I totally get that. They could be an amazing person. You may have met them at shows. You may have hung out at the house. You may have had beers. I get it. Nobody's perfect. And sometimes people do things out of ignorance. And I don't mean ignorance is a slam. I mean, they just don't know any better. And maybe that's what's happening here. So I want to make it very clear that I'm not snapping the judgment on this one. But I also want to make it very clear that there has not been a release from U.S. Fish and Wildlife saying anything about all of our Pesolotheria species being hobby forms. There has not been a consensus amongst dealers and vendors, which I'm glad because, again, uh, there's a reason why this is being done, saying, hey, you know what? Now we're just going to label all of our species of Pesolotheria as hybrids. I, I, it, there's been nothing like that. There's Nobody's doing this. This isn't a big consensus with everybody dealing in the U.S. going, hey, you know what? We got a bunch of hybrids here. Let's just call it as it is. Call them hobby form, and then we can sell them any way we want. That's not happening. By the sounds of things, this is one individual that has found a good way to sell these guys across, or believes he's found a good way to sell these things across state lines and kind of skirt the laws here. And that is incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Because uh, we've alluded to this when I talked to Luis last week, who was a fantastic guest. I meant to actually address this in the beginning, but it was a fantastic time. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback. So Luis will be back, but he's a good person. He and I share very similar sentiments on these things. We tend to mull a lot of these ideas over and think about it. But we had talked about the whole fact that the hobby sometimes has a bad reputation. And we talked, we touched a little bit on fish and wildlife because I don't want to ever get really into that because 
Fish and Wildlife does an important job. It's an important arm of the federal government. They do, you know, the best they can. And there is a lot that goes on in the hobby that only is allowed to go on. We are we are privileged to be able to keep these animals. We could have that taken away at any time. And Fish and Wildlife, I think personally, and having spoken to some of them that are actually like appreciate the hobby, they could come down a lot harder than they do. And I've heard people go, well, they're undermanned, they can't. Well, it wouldn't take too much. And believe me, they are online. They follow Facebook groups. They are parts of Facebook groups. They are on arachnoboards. Everybody thinks that, you know, they're, they don't un, they don't watch what the hobby does. They do. They know what's going on. They see when big names come out. That's why every once in a while something will happen. There'll be a bust or something. And people are like, ooh, how did they figure that out? They're watching the boards. They know what's going on. It always just comes down to whether or not they choose to act. They've got a huge job. They're understaffed. They're going to pick their battles. However, if somebody goes out and flaunts it in their face, that just makes the hobby look bad. We don't want to, for lack of a better term, piss them off because they allow us to do a lot, a lot more than they have to. I will leave it at that because I don't want to get into it. But folks that know how this whole thing works, there is a lot that they allow us to do. They're very reasonable with. And we enjoy a really a, a great trade as far as a tarantula hobby because this is allowed to happen now when they put the when they put a rule in there whether we agree with it or not it behooves us as a hobby to follow this rule and not throw it in the face of u.s fish and wildlife because again they can say and i've heard the excuse before that well they're just not doing it right now they're not enforcing it right now or my favorite is people go well i talked to somebody for fish and wildlife they're not enforcing it right now they may not be enforcing it right now or that agent might not be enforcing it but trust me there's a lot of different opinion between the agents and between the different areas where some agents will be a little more strict with it some will be a little more loose it depends on the agents you can't just make a blanket statement like that that's ridiculous it's people that import them have found that in some places, the fish and wildlife agents, they look at the list, they go, yep, everything looks good, and they move on. Other ones will pin you down and go through everything and make sure that everything's kosher, they're a little stricter. It depends on the agent. So you can't make a blanket statement like that, nor can you just sit there and put words into their mouths. If the U.S. Fish and Wildlife wants to let it be known that, hey, guys, we're no longer going to be policing the pokey band that we put up there, then I'm assuming that somebody there would put out something saying, hey, by the way, we are no longer, it's, it's okay, feel free. We've decided all of your pokies are just hybridized animals anyway, so feel free, calm whatever whatever you want, ship them across state lines, you're good. No, that didn't happen. What it looks like we have here is one individual. Now, let's consider this for a minute because I know what's going to happen is somebody's going to come on and go, oh, but they, I, I'm sure they mean well. I'm sure there's, you know, they, they think they're doing the right thing. Let's look at the reality of this. One person, a dealer, now, this isn't just a hobbyist or somebody that, oh God, maybe a scientist or somebody that studies them in the field or somebody that studied populations of them in the United States, the the captive bred specimens we have and has determined this. No, this is one person, a dealer that, and this is the most important part of this whole equation, makes money from selling these animals. This is business here. This is money. This is, I, I always cringe when somebody makes a big decision that has a, a dog in the race, so who is involved in the trade of it because there is money involved. You can't deny that. So this is one person, one guy who is selling these animals who will definitely make a lot more money being the only dealer out there that's currently breaking the law by selling them, he's made the decision that all hobby pokies are hybrid. Think about that for a minute. Would, would you trust anybody else under any other circumstances that has, you know, that it's it's a selling point. And these things are going like the Renatas are 90 bucks. P. Smithy, 90 bucks. That's a lot of money. Now think about that. If you've got a whole sack of these guys, that's you're rolling in it and you're the only person selling it. Now, 
I think for the most part, people that are informed, like I love pokies. I absolutely adore pokies. I would kill. I had two Ornadas and they, they melted out male. That was a bummer. That was a huge bummer. I had two slings I picked up and one was a little, a little larger. I suspected it was a male. The other one was hoping it was a female. Both males. I'm totally bummed by that, but I'm not going to break the law to get more of them. That's ridiculous. And I think there's a lot of us out there that are informed, that know what's going on, that would not bother to break the law to try to get some of these. We would look at that and go, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. Hell, I would shoot an email out and be like, what the heck are you doing? There may be one after this anyway, although I'm sure word will get back. And we wouldn't buy, we wouldn't go for this. So we're, we're not the people that I'm trying to target here. It's the ones out there that have no idea about this ban or the ones that have heard about this ban and are going to talk to this individual. And there's going to be some excuse like, well, I talked to an U.S. Uh, an agent of U.S. Fish and Wildlife and he told me they're not enforcing this. Plus, you know, I've done my research and, and I'm thinking they're all hybrids because I'm a scientist and I compare data and materials from, no, it's, it's going to be a selling point. The person's going to go, oh, awesome. I, I, I'm totally cool with that. I'll, I'll pick some up. And then we're, we're encouraging legal trade and it's public. It's, it's popping up the stuff that was sent to me. I was sent screenshots of the discussions of it. It's a public debate. It's out there. And guess what? Like I said before, us fish and wildlife is seeing this now, whether they come down on them or not, it's not, I'm not wishing that on anybody, but the threat is there. It's just, even if they don't come down on them, it's another example of spoiled hobbyists skirting the rules to get their spiders. It makes us look like crap. It drives me nuts. I was having conversations with a few folks last night over it, and we're sick over the fact that we're trying to show that we can work within these rules, that we can work with U.S. Fish and Wildlife, and then something like this happens where it's like a big middle finger of the air, like, look, I just decided on my own that I'm going to do this. And it's, it's just so frustrating for those of us who a love pokies and b are trying to stick within the rules of the hobby the rules that provided we're trying not to do things that are going to put the hobby in a bad light especially to the folks that are responsible for controlling the the flow of animals in our trade they could choke this off no problem i mean there's it was a big and i'm not going to mention Again, get into this, but for those of us who've been in the hobby for more than two years, it was a big scare a couple of years ago about the Brazilian species. It got scary. People were doing all this crazy stuff. And it was a terrible time to be in the hobby because we were all realized just how easy it could be to lose all this. I love my, and here's the deal. And this isn't, I hope people understand that I obviously, I've been doing this Tom's Big Spire stuff for a while, and I don't get into this a lot, but my, my spider room is like my sanctuary. Like I love that. I get so much joy and so much, like it relieves my anxiety to work with these animals. And I've spoken to folks. I just had somebody email me the other day saying, and the last part of the email was finding spiders really saved my life. And I had somebody talk about how they were in depression and they found spiders. For a lot of us, this is very important to us. I obviously not only keep the spiders, but for me, the Tom's Big Spider stuff has become an extension of my teaching. It's it, when, when I'm in these gigs where I'm not getting to do as much teaching as I'd like to and not getting to really do the fun, creative stuff that I enjoy doing as a teacher. I always have Tom's Big Spiders and I have a much bigger, obviously I have full control over it and I can, I can express that, which makes me happy, which brings me joy, which, you know, helps ward off the blues or whatever. I don't want to get into it, but it's, these things are very important. So when you see something like this, you get passionate about it because you realize some jerk could ruin it for absolutely everybody. And I'll tell you, I, you know, I I have the, the the persona being a really nice guy. That would kill me. That would uh, that would be the type of thing I would go off for because it's like one jerk's got to ruin it for everybody. And I, I don't want to call this, I don't know this person. So let me be very clear. I'm not calling this person a jerk. And, and maybe there's, a, I'm hoping what this will be 
is one of those situations where word kind of gets out and they stop doing this. That, that would be my goal. Like, I'm not wishing you any ill will. Maybe it was an honest mistake. And again, I could see this being one of those situations where the individual involved probably got a hold of the report, read that section about the hobby being filled with possible accidental hybrids. Again, not arguing the fact that there probably aren't hybrids out there. I, I, I don't think we can realistically say there aren't, but can we say they all are? That's my main point. No, we can't. They read that and they went, wait a minute. If these are hybrids and we can't put them back in the wild, they're not the real spider. Therefore, they don't really fall under this law because we're not really, we don't know what we're trading. It could be anything. So at uh, the way I see it, best case scenario, they're just kind of going, screw you to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service because they don't know any better and saying, we're going we're gonna to sell these, even though we're selling them under the same name. That's the funny part. They're not calling them Pisolotheria hybrids. They're not calling them Pisolotheria mix. They are saying Pisolotheria or nada putting hobby form afterwards to go, hey, or maybe they're not, to sell them. You're selling the same thing. It's a Piranata, even if it's got something else mixed into it. The general gist is it's Piranata. You can call it whatever you want. And it's funny because this exact thing already happened when the Brazilian thing, I have, <laughs> I won't get into who it was, but I know for a fact some dealers were trying to import stuff and they were trying to change the names of the species they were importing. This was a big fear that when people would ban stuff, we'd just call it something else. Oh, it's not T. Celadonia. I'm going to make up another name for it. Or it's not uh, Pisolotheria smithy. It's another Pisolotheria species. Come on. That's, that's obviously being deceptive to try to smuggle something in that's illegal. So changing the name of it doesn't negate the fact that it's still, it's the same spider. It's everybody's been selling those. These are the ones we've been told if these have been in the hobby, but think of it this way. These were in the hobby when that report was written. They told us that's it. There's no more. I know. And again, I'm sure the other thing I'm thinking the individual probably will say or would argue is the fact that the law that governs these is, is to protect us from importing species that are wild caught. The, the crux of it is they want to stop the trade of those wild caught ones in. But as the law is written right now, as soon as they make that list, you can't sell them across state lines. You can argue whether or not that's archaic. You can argue whether or not that's fair. You can argue whether or not that makes sense or is in the spirit of what this law is trying to prevent. I get it. Totally get it. Believe me, I've had this discussion. Totally get it. But it is what it is. That's what it is. Until that law is tweaked or changed or somebody says otherwise, that's what the law is. So I'm assuming, again, I'm, I'm trying not to assume malintent here. I'm assuming the person read that, went, hmm, this is totally okay, and decided to sell them. Now, the other possibility, and I don't know if this is the case, I hope this isn't the case, because this would make this even more deplorable, is that the individual knows for a fact that they have hybridized specimens and that they're trying to sell them. That would be even worse. So let's take a pick. Either they're not, you're just declaring the entire hobby population of Peace Lotharia to all be hybrid so that you can move them across state lines and make an extra buck for your business. Or you know for a fact that, hey, I got a batch. I don't know. Maybe they did some Frankenstein type stuff where they were mixing them up. I don't know. Maybe this individual and I, I just speculation, bred a couple things, went, oh, it took, they got a couple mixes and now they're selling them as hybrids. That would be equally as bad. We don't want hybrids in the hobby. Obviously, there's already an issue with it. It's been mentioned in that report. We've covered it a million times before. It's it's sad because Luis and I did the the podcast and we touched a little bit about hybridization. I had a couple of people come back and, and immediately compare it to snakes and say, oh, yeah, I, I don't see any problem with it. And it's like, oh, you're missing the point. It's not different breeds. It's not different breeds of animals. It's not different colors of the same species. We're intermingling species here. And there's going to become a, part, a point where our hobby... The stock we have in the hobby is so polluted with 
the hybrids that we don't have true species anymore. That would be sad. But I don't know if we can say we're there yet with Pisolotheria. And again, I if something came down, if there was... A, it would have to be for me to believe this and to purchase these animals. It would have to be U.S. Fish and Wildlife saying, hey, we have determined that the the stock that is in the hobby right now is so polluted with hybrids that they don't fall under our jurisdiction anymore. These are these animals don't even fall under or not or Smithy or Vitata, whatever. And you guys are now free to trade and sell them across state lines however you wish. That would be huge. That would be amazing. I, I would be I would honestly be sad. Part of me would be very sad the fact that we've decided that the population is that polluted that they don't even constitute genuine species anymore. But I'd be open to picking up some ornatas and some more vitatas, whatnot. I totally get that. Or if I don't know if this would even work for me, but if suddenly, you know, a lot of the people that were selling, say in Europe, it would have to be imported in because a lot of the ones we're getting, the Pisolotheria species we're getting in are imported. And there are some probably, I'm going to go out on a limb and say some of the people they're importing over there have pure stock. It would have to come from them. They would have to come to the United States because we don't know what these are. There would have to be a consensus amongst dealers selling them that, hey, we are now at a point in the hobby that we cannot refer to our Pisolotheria stock as full-blooded Pisolotheria. I still... I don't know if I'd go by this. Like, again, that would be dealers. That would be people that make money making the decisions about these, and that's not how it's supposed to go. But that would have a little more weight. I wouldn't agree with it. And I'm even thinking of it now, and I'd probably rally against that too. But it would have a little more weight than, let's just call it as it is, one person who has these. I don't know if the individual bred them himself. If that's the case, now he's stuck with all these. And think about it. You've bred or not a Awesome. You try to sell them in your own state. Uh Uh-oh, out of the 100 or something I have that I have to take care of, I'm able to sell 20. And this is just hypothetical. I'm stuck with all these. What can I do? Well, I can call them, I don't know, hobby form and say they're hybrids. And therefore, they don't fall under the jurisdiction. I will sell them out. And not only will I get rid of the stock and not have to take care of it, I will make lots more money. It's 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 a the motivation is money here. I, I just can't see it any other way. Nobody's going to convince me otherwise. The the individual is going to make money off of this decision until hopefully, I, I again, I don't know how it all panned out. I maybe they've. I was just on the website this morning because I'm like, all right, I'm fully prepared to if I go on this website and this has been changed, to not say anything. But it's still up there and people are going to ask me. I'm going to get people that go, hey, I just bought an Ornata from this person and I'm going to inform them. Congratulations, you just broke the law. This person just encouraged you to break the law. Because that's the other thing. For people out there that are going to go, oh, what's the big deal? I will tell you right now, Fish and Wildlife will be aware of this. I will tell you right now that if you are taking this animal in, you're jeopardizing your collection. You're bringing this animal in. Is it likely that Fish and Wildlife is going to knock on your door and go, we're going to take your spiders or we're going to give you a fine? No, let's be realistic about it. They're busy. However, could it happen? Yes. Could they lean on some of the little guys to get the big guy? There's been things that have happened where they've targeted people just to kind of make a point. We don't want that to happen. We don't want the bad look on the hobby. We don't want to look like a bunch of spoiled kids who will do anything we want to get our little toys. And that's what things like this make us look like. Stuff like this sets, A, it makes us look bad. B, sets an incredibly dangerous precedent. It, it, it's going to give other people the same idea because unfortunately, I've, I know a lot of people in this hobby that sell that are fantastic people that love the hobby. They don't want to do anything to jeopardize. They want to obviously make money. It's part of a business. You're, you're, if you get into a business, you're an idiot if you're not trying to make money, but they won't compromise their values. They won't compromise their integrity to get ahead. 
And so there are a lot of people that won't, but there are, I speak though, unfortunately, a lot of people that are getting into the hobby that don't really get how it works yet. They're like, oh, I just spent $75 on this sling. There's a lot of money to be had. I'm going to start breeding and selling them myself that don't get this, that will hop on this train. And what I'm afraid of is we're going to have people emulating this. Now, all of a sudden you're going to have these shops popping up going, hey, you know what? Minor hobby form now and minor hobby form. Now it's not just one guy making us look bad. It's a lot of people making us look bad. And that's going to be the type of thing that Fish and wildlife step into. Guys, we don't want them to feel like they have to involve themselves anymore. We want them to look at us and go, look it, we've let them get away with some stuff and they're policing themselves. That's great. We don't need to get involved in this. We don't want to poke the bear because bottom line, all the power is in their hands if they want to do something about it. And I don't want to say this like the boogeyman. I don't, a lot of people out there are like, you know, eh, fish and wildlife. No, they have an important job to do. Read some of the stuff that they do. It's amazing. It's just, unfortunately, we have our hobby and we feel like we deserve to have this hobby and they can't touch it and it makes them the enemy. No, that's not the case. They've, believe me, they've given us a lot of allowances. We don't want to piss them off with it. So I just, again, I, I hate to devote a whole podcast to it, but I think it does point to a bigger picture. And again, a part of what we're trying to do with Tom's Big Spire stuff, especially with the podcast, the YouTube audience, a little trickier. It's hard to do things like this without turning people off. But I think the people here that are willing to invest, you know, hours of their day listening to me generally are much more into the hobby, like more serious about it. And this is stuff we need to know about. This is one of the things I've always wanted to do is educate people, not just on the care, but just overall on how the hobby works. And, you know, that involves, you know, our, our relationship with fish and wildlife that involves the whole pack, you know, we've obviously bringing up the fact that a lot of our animals, everything we've got in the hobby at one point was poached, justifying this and rectifying this and recognizing it, knowing where we come from and trying to be better as we move ahead. You look at things like this and we go, all right, this isn't good. How can we turn this around and make it a good thing? Pissing off fish and wildlife is not a good move. Uh, again, I know what's going to happen here. And this happens anytime that, you know, I say something that's even remotely negative about anybody else, whether or not I say a name or not, there will be people that know the people involved that will have hurt feelings, that will be upset. I'm thinking one in particular, I'm hoping we'll have a nice conversation afterwards and it'll be okay because I do respect this person because I believe they're associated with them. But this isn't attacking a person. I, I Again, I'm giving the person the benefit of the doubt. They didn't know any better. And this is, again, I'm trying to educate people why this is such a big deal to those of us who've been in the hobby. But there'll be people that come forward and go, but they're such a nice person, but I bought from them. They're so sweet. That may be. They may be fantastic to hang out with. They may be very affable and personable at the shows. They may be somebody that made you feel good. That's good. I'm not taking that away. Perhaps they just made a mistake. Perhaps it's one of the, I, I don't know how long this person's been doing this for. I don't know how long they've been in the hobby for. I don't know if, you know, they probably think they're in the right here. I'm, I'm sure the person, this is something where you're going to go out and blatantly break the law like this and kind of throw up people's faces. I'm sure they kind of, in their mind, have justified it and think that they're totally in the right. But it's not to attack somebody. It's because of what could happen if this blows up. It's because of what could happen if, like I said, people start suddenly selling everything as hobby forms. Hey, I got this spider here. I'm not sure. You know, it's technically we're not supposed to import it. We're not supposed to put it across state lines, but I'm just going to call it hobby form. I'm going to call it a different species. It's, believe me, it's been done before. When the whole Brazilian thing happened, I was privy to several incidences with people trying to bring stuff in under fake names to make them not look like Brazilian spiders because they were afraid they were going to get taken. We don't want this happening. And I'm hoping that people that are hearing this understand where I'm coming from with it. You know, we've devoted an entire podcast. Again, it was one of the things I was going to try to do in 15 minutes, but I feel the need to explain myself and why this is so important to me. Uh, my advice would be A, 
don't buy them. If you're in a different state, do not buy any from this person. I'm not going to say don't buy any spiders from them, although part of me wants to because this is this is not the type. My gut is telling me this is not the type of person we want dealing in the hobby if this is what they thought was a good idea. It's, this is somebody that's selling them that apparently doesn't get how everything works. Uh, if, if you get the excuse, you know, I can see the excuses. It's legal. It's, you know, oh, well, all of our things are, I can see all the excuses out there already coming up. Uh, well, Fish and Wildlife has told me that they're not enforcing this. Don't listen to it. It's not true. Maybe one agent said that. I know back when all this stuff was happening, I talked to a couple agents and I got different, very different messages from them. Even if you're just, you know, dying to get one of these and thinking, well, what's the big deal? Don't, don't do it. I mean, it's, it comes, it, it's that simple. Believe me, I would love to have Ornatas. They got Ornatas. I'd love to buy a bunch of them. No, it's illegal. It's, I don't care what anybody's saying right now. And again, if somebody comes out and wants to produce something that the fish, you know, U.S. Fish and Wildlife put out there saying that this was okay, then I will totally go, hey, you know what, have that. I'll be the first one in line to order. But there's been nothing like that. This is the only person doing it right now. I actually spoke to a few dealers to ask, you know, if anything's changed. They're still selling them as you can't buy them if you're across state lines. And if you try to order and ask them, hey, what's the deal with this? I don't care what excuse is given. It is not up to one dealer, one person whose livelihood or, you know, whose business depends on them being able to sell spiders. It's not up to one person to make this type of determination. It's in a, it's a big hobby in the United States. And again, I feel bad. For, it occurs to me now, people in different countries, this isn't an issue for you, obviously, but hopefully you get some insight into how the hobby works here and how it might be different from where you are at home. But here, this is not how it works. It's not up to one individual who is selling these guys who is set to make a lot of money by being the only person currently skirting the laws and selling them across state lines to make this type of judgment call. I don't care. Again, maybe there's some bizarre explanation behind the scenes of why they're doing this, but it, to me, it looks pretty clear. We determine that they're hobby form. We determine that they're hybrids and not true. We therefore can sell them across state lines and make more money. It seems a pretty... Uh, Pretty, pretty obvious overall. I mean, really, this, I, I can't think of any other excuse. And I'm sure somebody, I'm, I can't wait to get the emails from people that are trying to defend it. And I'm probably, I will tell you right now, I will read them. I don't know. This is one of those things that it was, it frustrated me so much yesterday. It was one of those ones that like a lot of people were talking about it. It's like, have you seen this? Oh my God. And we were upset. So I, I again, I don't do this hobby to get stress. I, the, the point of this is it relieves stress. It relaxes me. It's my happy place. I don't do it to get jacked up. And so stuff like this really gets me because it kind of takes the fun out of the hobby for a bit. And again, I don't consider myself the morality police. I, it, I've mentioned before how it bothers me because I'll, I'll hear this stuff and then I have to decide what to do it. And there's sometimes I hear stuff and I'm like, I'm not talking about this. It's not my place, but I am very privileged to have an audience and to be able to reach some people. And I've, I've had some good luck over the years reaching people with different perspective that they've gone, you know, what? I never thought of it until you said it like that. And I was talking to a buddy of mine last night and we were talking about, you know what, it's never going to end. There's always going to be something like this happening that, you know, somebody that's doing something either out of just ignorance, like they don't know any better or they think they know better, but they don't, or even just out of greed, whatever it may be. We'll go ignorance on this part. We'll go, the person just doesn't realize how it works. 
although I, Creed's got to be part of it, but there's always going to be somebody out there doing something like this. It's never going to end. But I'm like, you know what? The only thing that lets me kind of sleep a little bit better is I don't feel so powerless about it now. You know, back in the day when stuff would happen, you just kind of sit there and go, man, this is so frustrating. At least hopefully I can come out and put a different perspective on it, you know, give people a heads up. Hopefully anybody listening to this podcast isn't going to be posting later on, hey, I just bought some, you know, Sri Lankan pokies from this person. It's one of the reasons I don't want to mention the name because I know there are going to be people that go, oh, great, I can get these. I don't care about the law. It's not what it's about, but I'm sure there's enough out there in Facebook. You guys can find it out, figure out who we're talking about. And again, just express, you know, that this is not okay. This is not a good thing. We don't want this in the hobby. This is not this type of maverick vendoring or whatever we want to call it is just, there's no place for it in the hobby. There's, this isn't by any means the first time something like this is going to happen. There was some sketchy stuff going on back with the Brazilian thing where people, you know, making decisions that they had no right to make it just stop don't buy them don't support people that do this hopefully again and, and i am i saying boycott I, I it's not my place to say i i personally would not buy spiders from them now because i think that's ridiculous and i would never support anything like that but that's my personal decision but i definitely would not buy those species from them personally i would wait until they stop doing this and then maybe buy some i don't know it's it's not my place to call that kind of thing out you need to make a decision or you folks out there need to make a decision on your own about whether or not you want to support people like that but personally i it's just it would be very difficult for me to forget this it'd be very difficult with the exception of somebody coming out going, hey, you know what? I, I made a mistake. This is what I was thinking. Apparently, that's not right. And then, like, all right, you know, live and learn. I, I get it. It's uh, There's a lot of us that would love to get these. That's the worst part of this is it's going to – it's such an enticing offer for folks who love Peace Letheria species. I was just talking a couple weeks ago how, you know, I've been focusing a lot on Somopius lately because I see a point where I'm not going to be able to get a lot of these species in Connecticut. That makes me sad, although I – you can get them gifted to you. So, you know, Christmas time comes in. No, I'm just kidding. But on all seriousness, a lot of us, what the, the part that really stinks is a lot of us would kill to get these. And I feel like what's going to happen is people are going to see this as their last like chance to get some of these species in their state. And they're just going to ignore common sense. They're going to ignore the law, take the chance, buy them, which is going to encourage this individual to keep doing that. And that makes me sad because I, and I get it. I do. I get that there's going to be people out there go, you know what? To hell with it. In the grand scheme of things, the law is archaic. Who cares? We'll just, I'll pretend, I'll plead ignorance and be like, I'll put it on this guy. And I, I get it. But don't. Don't encourage it. It's like when we talk about buying from places that have wild-caught specimens, the idea that if you keep buying them, they're going to keep selling them. If he, you keep buying these and shipping them across state lines, this is going to continue. Other people are going to do it. We're just going to look terrible. We're going to risk putting a target on our backs with people that we don't want to do that for. And that's honestly, guys, it's not worth it. Think about how many species we are currently able to purchase and enjoy new ones coming in constantly. I don't ever want to lose that. I don't ever want a situation where they just come down and go to heck with it. You guys are skirting all the rules. We're going to come down even harder. We don't want that. Look at the ban that just happened in Florida. Do we want anything like that? No. So avoid sellers like this. Send a message. You know, that's the best way to do it. If they're not going to make money off it, they're not going to do it anymore. Uh, again, I want to make it very clear, not a personal attack. I don't know the person. I'm trying to figure out the motivations behind it. It's tough for me to not immediately jump to, I'm going to do this because I'm going to make more money, but maybe there's something else in there. But regardless of what the excuse is going to be or what the reasoning behind this little thing is going to be, it's it's just not going to work. So 
that's it. I'm not, and that's, I apologize for the really long tirade, but I do hope that people appreciate that. Obviously I've got a lot invested in this hobby. Like I just had a week off vacation and it was like, I was just working at a different job. I don't want to say I enjoyed it, but between putting together the video, putting together the podcast, the one we had last week took a while. I mean, I spend hours a week on this stuff. So I'm very vested in it. The thought of it going away really just it makes me upset. And the thought of it going away because somebody wants to make a couple extra dollars really upsets me. So again, just hopefully what comes out of this is word gets out. I know there were some Facebook groups discussing it and the majority of people were really dead set against it. And I don't know if there was any official, you know, if the person put uh, something out explaining themselves on this, I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping what happens is we politely pressure to a point where they abandon this idea and we move away from this and we don't try something like this again. Because the last thing we need is people doing stuff like this, changing the name of species, trying to change the name of stuff so that they can get away, you know, find loopholes. It's not going to benefit anybody in the long run. So that will do it for this one. Again, sorry for the negative one, but I feel like it's important. I feel like it needs to be addressed. addressed. And then hopefully if something similar to this happens in the future, people will be more informed and we'll be able to call it out and put an end to it more quickly. But we have an awesome hobby. It's an amazing hobby. I meet some amazing people through it, even just in the States, different countries. And I can't tell you how many emails I've received from folks who this hobby helps them with anxiety. It helps them with depression. It helps them with PTSD. It, I mean, just, and those of you who are really into it, you know what I'm talking about. It's one of those things where it's just, it's therapeutic. We love it. But most people don't get it. We're a bunch of weirdos that are dealing with spiders, big giant hairy spiders that would scare the crap out of the majority of people out there. But to us, it's, it's our, it's our tranquility. It's, it's where we unwind. It's where we're able to decompress and get rid of all those negative feelings. I think a lot of us feel that and we don't want that to go away because imagine that there's, there's your coping mechanism for some of the issues you have in life and it goes away because people get greedy. We don't want that. So that's what I'm so passionate about. That's why I just spent 40 minutes or so rallying about it. It's not to attack people personally. Um, I hope if people take exception to this, you know, Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's, it's my beliefs. Again, I didn't call it the name of the business because it's not about attacking people individually, or I don't want people going over there and, you know, attacking them, but I think word needs to get out. I think people need to be vocal that this is not okay. So that will do it for this one. Enough negativity. Next one, we'll, we'll make it upbeat. I have an article I want to go over, so we'll do that. And again, thanks to all the people that emailed or messaged or comment about the last podcast, the super long one that with Luis Roque, Luis will be back. Obviously, I think we have great chemistry. I enjoy talking. This is what our conversations go like when we talk on the phone. It's just, you know, do guys that love the hobby going through it. So we'll definitely be back. I've also reached out to a couple other people that we're going to, we're going to be sprinkling in a lot more guests. And, but my thing is they got to be important guests. Like I'm not, it's not about just getting anybody out there. Like you've got to be involved in the tarantula hobby, but it's some state, you know, way or form. And for me, I just want to make it very clear that it's tough with my schedule. I do have a family. I do have a lot going on. So it can be a little trickier for me to negotiate and try to get people on because, you know, it's even with Luis and I, we're buddies. We, we text, we go back and forth, we call trying to find a time where we could both meet can be tricky. So the idea they will be going ahead, but I can't set any specific dates for them yet. Cause I got to play it by year, but 
summer vacations coming for me, and that'll be where I get a lot of them done. So be expecting some of that. Hopefully you guys will continue to respond well and appreciate it. And we can all kind of take this journey together, becoming more responsible and informed hobbyists. So that'll do it for this one. Obviously, you can find me on thomasbigspiders.com. You can find me on Thomas Big Spiders, the website. And you can find me sitting in my transfer room right now doing a podcast. Now, it's nothing to do with anything, but it's been a long morning. So anyway, guys, thanks so much for listening. Be kind to each other. And we'll catch you all next time.